passes to India, Chapter Fourteen, Part Two. It takes an hour to get there, an hour to get back, and two hours for the case, which we will call three," said Aziz, smiling charmingly. There was suddenly something regal about him. The train back is at eleven thirty, and you will be sitting down to your tiffin in Chandpur with Mister Heeslope to exactly your usual hour, namely one fifteen. I know everything about you. Four hours, quite a small expedition, and an hour extra for misfortunes. which occurs somewhat frequently among my people my idea is to plan everything without consulting you but you mrs moore uh, or miss quested you are at any moment to make alternation alterations if you wish even if it means giving up the caves do you agree then mount this wild animal the elephant had knelt gray and isolated like another hill they climbed up the ladder and he mounted shikar fashion trading fast on the sharp edge of the hill and then into the looped up tail when mohammad latif followed him the servant who held the end of the tail let go of it according to previous instructions so that the poor relatives slipped and had to cling to the netting over the buttocks It was a little piece of curd buffoonery and distressed only the ladies whom it was intended to divert both of them disliked practical jokes then the best rose in two shattering movements and poised them 10 feet above the plain immediately below was this curve of life that an elephant always collects round its feet villagers naked babies the servants flung crockery into tongas hasan annexed this tollian intended for aziz and defied mahmud ali's nave man for from its altitude the brahman who had been hired to cook for professor godbelly was planted under an acacia tree to await their return the train also hoping to return wobbled away through the fields turning its head this way and that like a centipede and the only other movement to be seen was a movement of a antenna really the counterpoises of the wells which rose and fell on their pivots of mud all over the plain and dispersed a feeble flow of water the scene was agreeable rather than not in the mild morning air but there was little color in it and no vitality as the elephant moved towards the hills a new quality occurred a spiritual silence which invaded more senses than the ear life went on as usual but had no consequences that is to say sounds did not echo or thoughts developed everything seemed cut off at its root and therefore infected with illusion for instance there were some mounds by the edge of the track low serrated and touched with whitewash 
वॉट वर दीज माउंट्स ग्रेव्स ब्रेस्ट ऑफ द गॉडेस पार्वती द विलेजर्स बीनीत गेव बोथ रिप्लाइज अगेन देर वॉज अ कन्फ्यूजन अबाउट अ स्नेक विच वॉज नेवर क्लियर्ड अप मिस क्वेस्टेड सो अ थिन डार्क ऑब्जेक्ट रेड ऑन एंड एट द फार्दर साइड ऑफ अ वॉटर कोर्स एंड सेट अ स्नेक द विलेजर्स अग्रीड एंड अजीज एक्सप्लेन्ड येस अ ब्लैक कोबरा वेरी बिनोमस हु हैड रेयर्ड हिमसेल्फ अप टू वॉच द पासिंग ऑफ द एलिफेंट बट वेन शी लुक्ड थ्रू रॉनीज फील्ड ग्लासेस शी फाउंड इट वॉजेंट अ स्नेक बट दी विदर्ड एंड ट्विस्टेड स्टम्प ऑफ अ टॉडी पाम सो शी सेट इट इजेंट अ स्नेक द विलेजर इज कॉन्ट्रोडिक्टेड हर she had put the word into their minds and they refused to abandon it aziz admitted that it looked like a tree through the glasses but insisted that it was a black cobra really and improvised some rubbish about protective mimicry nothing was explained and yet there was no romance films of heat radiated from the kawado precipices increased the confusion they came at irregular intervals and moved capriciously a patch of field would jump as if it was being fried and then lie quiet as they drew closer the radiation stopped the elephant walked straight at the kawadul as if she would knock for admission with her forehead then swerved and followed a path round its base the stones plunged straight into the earth like cliffs into the sea and while miss quested was remarking on this and seeing that it was striking the plane quietly disappeared peeled off so to speak and nothing was to be seen on either side but the green night very dead and quiet the sky dominated as usual but seemed unhealthily near adhering like a ceiling to the summits of the precipices it was as if the contents of the corridor had never been changed occupied by his own munificence aziz noticed nothing his guest noticed a little they did not feel that it was an attractive place or quite worth visiting and wished it could have turned into some mohammedan object such as a mosque which their host would have appreciated and explained his ignorance became evident and was really rather a drawback in spite of his gay confident talk he had no notion how to treat this particular aspect of india he was lost in it without professor godbole like themselves the corridor narrowed then widened into a sort of tree here more or less was their goal a ruined tank held a little water which would do for the animals and close above the mud was punched a black hole the first of the caves three hills encircled the tree two of them pumped out heat busily but the third was in shadow and here they camped a horrid stuffy place really murmured mrs moore to herself how quick your servants are miss quested exclaimed for a cloth had already been laid with a vase of artificial flowers in its center and mahmud ali's butler offered them post eggs and tea for the second time
I thought we would eat this before our caves and breakfast after. Isn't this breakfast? This breakfast? Did you think I should treat you so strangely? He had been warned that English people never stop eating and that he had better nourish them every two hours until a solid meal was ready. How very well it is all arranged. That you shall tell me when I return to Chandrapur. Whatever disgraces I bring upon myself, you remain my guest. He spoke gravely now. They were dependent on him for a few hours, and he felt grateful to them for placing themselves in such a position. All was well so far. The elephant had held a fresh cut bow to her lips. The tonga shafts stuck up into the air. The kitchen boy peeled potatoes. Hassan shouted, and Muhammad Latif stood as he ought with a peeled switch in his hand. The expedition was a success, and it was Indian. An obscure young man had been allowed to show courtesy to visitors from another country, which is what all Indians long to do. Even cynics like Mahmoud Ali, but they never have the chance. Hospitality had been achieved. They were his guests. His honor was involved in their happiness, and any discomfort they endured would tear his own soul. Like most Orientals, Aziz overrated hospitality, mistaking it for intimacy and not seeing that it is tainted with a sense of possession. It was only when Mrs. Moore or Fredding was near him that he saw further and knew that it is more blessed to receive than to give. These two had strange and beautiful effects on him. They were his friends his forever and he theirs forever. He loved them so much that giving and receiving became one. He loved them even better than the Hamidullahs because he had surmounted obstacles to meet them and this stimulates a generous mind. Their images remained somewhere in his soul up to his dying day. Permanent additions. He looked at her now as she sat on a deck chair sipping his tea and had for a moment a joy that held the seeds of its own decay for it would lead him to think oh what more can i do for her and so back to the dull round of hospitality the black bullets of his eyes filled with soft expressive light and he said do you ever remember our mosque Mrs. Moore? I do, I do, she said, suddenly vital and young. And how rough and rude I was, and how good you were, and how happy we both were. Friendships last longest that begin like that, I think. Shall I ever entertain your other children? Do you know about the others? She will never talk about them to me, said Miss Quested, unintentionally breaking a spell. Ralph and Stella, yes, I know everything about them, but we must not forget to visit our caves. One of the dreams of my life is accomplished in having you both here as my guest. You cannot imagine how you have honored me. I feel like the Emperor of Babur. Why like him? She inquired, rising. 
because my ancestors came down with him from Afghanistan. They joined him at Herat. He also had often no more elephants than one, none sometimes, but he never ceased showing hospitality. When he fought or hunted or ran away, he would always stop for a time among hills, just like us. He would never let go of hospitality and pleasure, and if there was only a little food, he would have it arranged nicely, and if only one must one musical instrument, he would compel it to play a beautiful tune. I take him as my ideal. He is the poor gentleman, and he became a great king. I thought another emperor is your favorite. I forget the name. You mentioned him at Mr. Fielding's. What my book calls Aurangzeb. Alamgir. Oh yes, he was of course the more pious. But Babur, never in his whole life did he betray a friend. So I can only think of him this morning. And you know how he died? He laid down his life for his son. A death far more difficult than battle. They were caught in the heat. They should have gone back to Kabul for the bad weather, but could not for reasons of states. And at Agra, Humayu fell sick. Babur walked round the bed three times and said, I have borne it away, and he did bear it away. The fever left his son and came to him instead, and he died. That is why I prefer Babur to Alamgir. I ought not to do so, but I do. However, I must not delay you. I see you are ready to start. Not at all, she said, sitting down by Mrs. Moore again. We enjoy talk like this very much. For at last he was talking about what he knew and felt, talking as he had in Fielding's garden house. He was again the oriental guide whom they appreciated. I always enjoy conversing about the Mughals. It is the chief pleasure I know. You see, those first six emperors were all most wonderful men, and as soon as one of them is mentioned, no matter which, I forget everything else in the world except the other five. You could not find six such kings in all the countries of the earth, not, I mean, coming one after the other, father, son. Tell us something about Akbar. Ah, oh, you have heard the name of Akbar? Good. Hamidullah, whom you shall meet, will tell you that Akbar is the greatest of all. I say, yes, Akbar is very wonderful, but half a Hindu, he was not a true Muslim. Which makes Hamidullah cry. No more was Babur. He drank wine. But Babur always repented afterwards, which makes the entire difference. And Akbar never repented of the new religion he invented instead of the holy Quran. But wasn't Akbar's new religion very fine? It was to embrace the whole of India. Miss Quested, fine but foolish. You keep your religion, I mine. That is the best. Nothing embraces the whole of India. Nothing, nothing. And that was Akbar's mistake. Oh, do you feel that? Dr. Aziz, she said thoughtfully. I hope you are not right. There will have to be something universal in this country. I don't say religion, for I am not religious, but something. Or how else are barriers to be broken down? She was only recommending the universal brotherhood he sometimes dreamed of.
but as soon as it was put into prose it become untrue take my own case she continued it was indeed her own case that had animated her i don't know whether you happen to have heard but i am going to marry mr heeslow on which my heartiest congratulations mrs moore may i put our difficulty to dr aziz i mean our anglo indian one it is your difficulty not mine my dear ah uh, that's true well by marrying mr heeslow i shall become what is known as an anglo indian he held up his hand in protest impossible take back such a terrible remark but i shall it's inevitable i can't avoid the label what i do hope to avoid is the mentality women like she stopped not quite liking to mention names she would boldly have said mrs turton and mrs calendars a fortnight ago some women are so well ungenerous and snobby about indians and i should feel too ashamed for words if i turned like them but and here's my difficulty there's nothing special about me nothing specially good or strong which will help me to resist my environment and avoid becoming like them i have most lamentable defects that's why i want akbar's universal religion or the equivalent to keep me decent and sensible do you see what i mean her remarks pleased him but his mind shut up tight because she had alluded to her marriage he was not going to be mixed up in that side of things you are certain to be happy with any relative of mrs moore's he said with a formal bow oh my happiness that's quite another problem i want to consult you about this anglo indian difficulty can you give me any advice you are absolutely unlike the others i assure you you will never be rude to my people i am told we all get rude after a year then you are told a lie he flashed for she had spoken the truth and it touched him on the raw it was itself an insult in these particular circumstances he recovered himself at once and laughed but her error broke up their conversation their civilization it had almost been was scattered like the petals of a desert flower and left them in the middle of the hills come along he said holding out a hand to each they got up a little reluctantly and addressed themselves to sightseeing the first cave was tolerably convenient they skirted the puddle of water and then climbed up over some unattractive stones the sun crashing on their backs bending their heads they disappeared one by one into the interior of the hills the small black hole gaped where their varied forms and colors had momentarily functioned they were sucked in like water down a drain bland and bald rose the precipices bland and glutinous the sky that connected the precipices solid and white a brahmini kite flapped between the rocks with a clumsiness that seemed inten- intentional before man with his itch for the seemly had been born the planet must have looked thus the kite flapped away before birds perhaps and then the whole 
belched the humanity returned. Uh, Marabar cave had been horrid as far as Mrs. Moore was concerned, for she had nearly fainted in it and had some difficulty in preventing herself from saying so as soon as she got into the air again. It was natural enough. She had always suffered from faintness, and the cave had become too full, because all their retinue followed them. Cramped with villagers and servants, the circular chamber began to smell. She lost Aziz in the dark, didn't know who touched her, couldn't breathe, and some wild naked thing struck her face and settled on her mouth like a pat. She tried to regain the entrance tunnel, but an influx of villagers swept her back. She hit her head. For an instant, she went mad, hitting and gasping like a fanatic. For not only did the crash and stench alarm her, there was also a terrifying echo. Professor Godbully had never mentioned an echo. It never impressed him, perhaps. There are some exquisite echoes in India. There is the whisper round the doom at Bijapur. There are the long, solid sentences that voice through the air at Mandu and returned unbroken to their creator. The echo in a Marabar cave is not like these. It is entirely devoid of distinction. Whatever is said, the same monotonous noise replies and quirks up and down the walls until it is absorbed into the roof. Bomb is the sound as far as the human alphabet can be expressed it or bomb or om bomb utterly dull. Hope politeness the blowing of a nose the squeak of a boat all produce bomb. Even the striking of a match starts a little warm coiling, which is too small to complete a circle, but is eternally watchful. And if several people talk at once, an overlapping howling noise begins, echoes generate echoes, and the cave is stuffed with a snake composed of small snakes, which writhe independently. After Mrs. Moore, all the others poured out. She had given the signal for the reflux. Aziz and Adela both emerged smiling, and she did not want him to think his treat was a failure, so smiled too. As each person emerged, she looked for a villain, but none was there, and she realized that she had been among the mildest individuals whose only desire was to honor her and that the naked pad was a poor little baby as to ride its mother's hip. Nothing evil had been in the cave, but she had not enjoyed herself. No, she had not enjoyed herself and she decided not to visit a second one. Did you see the reflection of his match? Rather pretty? asked Adela. I forget. But he says, this isn't a good cave. The best are on the Kawadol. I don't think I shall go on to there. I dislike climbing. Very well. Let's sit down again in the shade until breakfast ready. Ah, oh, but that, that will disappoint him so. He has taken such trouble. 
You should go on. You don't mind. Perhaps I ought to, said the girl, indifferent to what she did, but desirous of being admirable. The servants, etc., were scrambling back to the camp, per pursued by grave censures from Muhammad Latif. Aziz came to help the guest over the rocks. He was at the summit of his powers, vigorous and humble, too sure of himself to resent criticism, and he was sincerely pleased when he heard they were altering his plans. Certainly, Miss Questus, so you and I will go together and leave Mrs. Moore here, and we will not be long, yet we will not hurry because we know that will be her wish. Quite right. I am sorry not to come too, but I am a poor walker. Dear Mrs. Moore, what does anything matter so long as you are my guest? I am very glad you are not coming, which sounds strange, but you are treating me with true frankness as a friend. Yes, I am your friend, she said, laying her hand on his sleeve and thinking, despite her fatigue, how very charming, how very good he was and how deeply she desired his happiness. So, may I make another suggestion? Don't let so many people come with you this time. I think you may find it more convenient. Exactly, exactly, he cried, and rushing to the other extreme, forbade all except one guide to accompany Miss Quested and him to the Kawadu. Is that all right? he inquired. Quite right. Now enjoy yourself, and when you come back, tell me all about it. And she sank into the deck chair. If they reached the big pocket of caves, they would be away nearly an hour. She took out her writing pad and began. Dear Stella, dear Ralph, then stopped and looked at the Quiver Valley and their feeble invasion of it. Even the elephant had become a nobody. Her eye rose from it to the entrance tunnel. No, she did not wish to repeat that experience. The more she thought over it, the more disagreeable and frightening it became. She minded it much more now than it th at the time. The crash and the smells she could forget, but the echo began in some indescribable way to undermine her hold on life. Coming at a moment when she chanced to be fatigued, it had managed to murmur. Pathos, pity, courage, they exist, but are identical, and so is filth. Everything exists. Nothing has value. If one had spoken wildness in that place or quoted lofty poetry, the comment would have been the same. Oh, boom. If one had spoken with the tongues of angles and pleaded for all the unhappiness and misunderstanding in the world, past, present, and to come, for all the misery men must undergo whatever their opinion and position, and however much they dodge or bluff, it would amount to the same. The serpent would descend and return to the ceiling. Devils are of the north, and poems can be written about them. But no one could romanticize the Marabar because it robbed infinity and eternity of their vastness, the only quality that accommodates them to mankind. She tried to go on with her letter, reminding herself that she 
was only an elderly woman who had got up too early in the morning and journeyed too far that the despair creeping over her was merely her despair her personal weakness and that even if she got a sunstroke and went mad the rest of the world would go on but suddenly at the edge of her mind religion appeared poor little talkative christianity and she knew that all its divine words from let there be light to it is finished only mounted to bomb then she was terrified over an area larger than usual the universe never comprehensible to her intellect offered no repose to her soul the mood of the last two months took definite form at last and she realized that she didn't want to write to her children didn't want to communicate with anyone not even with god she sat motionless with horror and when old mohammad latif came to her thought he would notice a difference for a time she thought i am going to be in to comfort herself then she surrendered to the vision she lost all interest even in aziz and the affectionate and sincere words that she had spoken to him seemed no longer hers but the heirs